0: Just sneaking up on 4.33 on the run home Mano and I am Mitch and with you through until 6 o'clock tonight we just watched the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder take out the Portland Trailblazers. Last minute shot Shea Gilgis-Alexander, G-I-L-G, mm, Mitch's not too keen to spell that one. Uh, but time now to cross over and go stateside to Memphis where we find Joe Mullinax, host of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. G'day Joe, how are
1: you getting on mate? I'm doing well thank you guys for having me I'm glad to see that OKC knocked off the trailblazers Memphis had a bit of a dud against them this past weekend so makes you feel a little bit better when they knock off somebody else that's supposedly better than the Thunder they're a sneaky good team
0: yeah absolutely I mean Memphis not even sneaky good anymore just genuinely out and out out good how are the uh, Grizzlies traveling this season
1: They are currently, according to the NBA app, the number one team in the National Basketball Association, which is exciting uh, because they're not at full strength yet. Uh, To start the season, Jaron Jackson Jr. was out, coming back from a foot injury. And as soon as Jaron Jackson Jr. came back, Desmond Bain went out with a toe injury. Mm. So we have not seen the full strength Memphis Grizzlies at any point this season. And yet they have one of the best records in the NBA. Again, they're currently rated number one by the NBA app. And they are, you know, seen as a real threat there in the Western Conference to get to the NBA finals, at least at this stage of the season. Now, there's a lot of kind of clumping up there in the West. There's Mm. only, I think, six games really that separate the top teams from being in the play in. You know, you go on a losing streak and you go from being the number one seed to the number eight seed or something like that. That's possible. But the Grizzlies don't look like they're going to be in that boat. They have an upward trajectory. They're still young, obviously. Mm -hmm. And again, they haven't been at full strength in terms of health the entire season. So it's looking good for the Grizzlies heading into uh, Christmas here in these next few days. It
0: almost seems like part of the problem that they have is that it's looking too good to where they've got guys (laughs) like you say, Desmond Bain, who can come out and score 40. Um, They've got uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Who I think has had a probably a quieter season this year, but Brandon Clark's coming off the bench for them as well. They've got all these different guys in their squad. How do they manage to fit like, if if every um, Memphis fan gets their Christmas wish and come playoff time, all of these guys are healthy. How do they manage to find the minutes and fiddle of these guys on the on the court?
1: Well, I think the good thing for Memphis is the, these are all players that, except for Tyus Jones, they were either traded for or they were drafted. Right, the names that you just mentioned: hmm. Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark. Obviously, John ja Morant is the superstar of the group. Hmm. Those are all dudes that were drafted by the Memphis Grizzlies. They only know Memphis as a professional basketball player, so they understand their roles very well and they fit really nicely within them. We obviously don't know that for sure once everybody's healthy, because again, we haven't seen it yet with Bain and Jaron missing much of the season. Uh, you know, again, Jaron at the beginning and Bain now, but I think that when you when the team is fully healthy, John Moran, again, the superstar, the guy that. You want the ball in his hands, every possession, making the decision, making the play, that sort of thing. Desmond Bain, the offensive difference maker, the ability to shoot the three at a clip comparable to Steph Curry and Klay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. He can create off the dribble for himself and others in his own right. He has grown his offensive game to near all-star levels. And while I agree with you that Jaron offensively has not been as strong as perhaps he should be, Defensively, he's had a tremendous impact. The mm. Grizzlies defense was middle of the pack before Jaron got healthy. Within 10 or so games of Jaron playing, they were a top five defense in the NBA statistically. He had that much of an impact that quickly. So they're kind of the yin and yang to Jaw in that way. Morant, obviously, being that main catalyst in Fulcrum that everything kind of swings off of. But Bain on offense, Jaron on defense, and everybody else, you know, Clark is the energy big off the bench. Tyus is that important backup point guard that can facilitate offense in his own right, protect possessions. They have so many guys all the way to John Conchar and Santi Aldama that have come along in the Grizzly system, know their job and role and execute it well. So I'm not really concerned about that in terms of who gets minutes, because outside of their key players, all the other pieces are kind of interchangeable inter- intermingled. And it's really good that guys like Conchar and Aldama are getting so much experience now because when they are put in their ideal roles as reserves that are playing 10 or 12 minutes a game, they'll be in a better spot to compete at a high level because of all the uh, competitive time they've gotten with Bain and Jackson Jr. out so far this season.
0: Yeah, definitely puts them in a good position coming towards the end of the season. Um, I guess uh, they're obviously very cohesive, looking really nice. What I like in my life is a bit of spice, and Zion Williams <laughs> definitely provided that the other I with 10 seconds to go. Dunking, wow, one of the dunks of the century, oh, I'd say. Sure. It's
1: Tremendous. Yeah, Zion, uh, he, he definitely set the world ablaze a little bit there, right? And um, I, I think that the Pelicans in general are a really interesting team. You know, Memphis being that number one team according to those rankings, the Pelicans are fifth. And obviously, New Orleans and Memphis are, you know, one, two, two, one. They've interchanged in the last week or two in terms of the standings. You know, Zion and and the Pelicans loom large, not just this season, but long term in terms of kind of being a thorn in the Grizzly side. A great rivalry is perhaps in its early stages between those two teams, Memphis having a little more success. Uh, of late in terms of playoffs than the Pelicans. The Pelicans are about a year or so behind the Grizzlies and their trajectory in that way. Hmm. But the Pelicans have C.J. McCollum. They have obviously Brandon Ingram, who's played a lot of basketball. And Zion, you know, outside of Giannis, is probably the most unique player in the NBA in terms of how the hell do you guard the guy, right? He's just extremely difficult to stay in front of. He's got that explosiveness back coming out of his injury. And they have a bit of an edge to him. Going back to your original point about the dunk, that Zion laid on uh, on the Phoenix Suns that, that riled everybody up. You know, the, the Pelicans have some edge, and I think that they are a real threat to the Grizzlies, not just this season, but in the seasons to come, because as LeBron James ages out of the NBA, as Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Steph Curry, all those guys in the next few years are going to be gone. And, you know, three years from now, John Morant's going to be 26 years old, right? Same thing with Zion, same thing with, you know, Devin Booker may be in a couple of years older than those guys. So Phoenix, who the Grizzlies will have after the Denver game uh, this coming Tuesday. But there, there are there's a changing of the guard that's happening in the NBA right now. And it just is a, is a matter of when and not it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when it happens. And this might be the year, you know, and Zion's kind of laying his stake to that. Yeah, the Grizzlies are good. Phoenix is still there. Obviously, there's other teams in the West that still have those veteran presences. There's reigning champs, the Warriors, of course. Even with Curry out for a few weeks, you imagine the Olden State will go on a run when he returns. You can't write off Kawhi Leonard and Paul George just yet with the Clippers. Um, But it's the Pelicans that are making a statement saying, don't forget about us. You mentioned the changing of the guard, and I guess
0: this has probably been the the face of the changing guard, if you will. Uh, LeBron, this has been a... A roller coaster season for him at the Lakers. <laughs> Anthony Davis not playing well to start the season. Is the window shut for LeBron? Anthony Davis turns it around, becomes MVP caliber. Anthony Davis now all of a sudden everyone's saying, "Well, hold on, the Lakers are coming back." And then uh, something I guess just about anyone could have predicted—he's uh, out <laughs> injured again. How how much of a blow is that for the Lakers? Is that their? you know, playoff aspirations
1: done? And, and where does that leave LeBron? It's a massive blow. Uh LeBron James is still a top 10 player in the NBA, which is crazy to say. He's mm. in his 20th NBA season, guys. So he's doing things that have literally never been done before in terms of his sustainability, his longevity. He deserves all the credit in the world for that. The, the issue is if LeBron is like eighth or ninth on that list, Anthony Davis was a couple spots ahead of him, right? Like LeBron was not the best player on the team. Anthony Davis was playing at a level where you could easily say it's AD's team, right? Mm -hmm. He he was at that MVP level, whereas LeBron was more, you know, a level below, like an all-NBA kind of player. And with that gone, can LeBron James in his 20th NBA season carry the Los Angeles Lakers, who are already behind the eight ball a little bit in terms of their place in the Western Conference standings? I think the answer is no. And you don't make a lot of money betting against LeBron James, right? (laughs) That's not how... You, uh, you, you build your home, so to speak, if you're a gambler. Uh, but at the same time, father time's undefeated, right? And we're all told at some point that we're not going to play the game anymore. You know, whether it's when you're 14, 18, 22, <laughs> 40, whatever the case might be, you know, we all played sports or a lot of us played sports growing up. And, you know, whether it's Little League, college, the pros, everything in between, uh, eventually you stop and it becomes recreational as opposed to competitive. In, the, in that way, or a professional, obviously, one of the greats of all time in LeBron's case. He's not there yet, but he's getting close to that. He's certainly closer to that than he is the beginning of his career. I don't see him carrying that very flawed Lakers roster across a finish line that involves the postseason. So maybe they make a big trade. Bradley Beal has been floated as a rumored dest- a, a possible target. Again, that is completely unsubstantiated. Mm. Uh, he's the one player in the NBA that has a full no-trade clause is Bradley Beal. So he would have to sign off on such a trade. The Wizards would obviously ask for two firsts. But even if Beal comes over again, LeBron would still be better than Bradley Beal. So does that really help them at this stage? Or are they better off holding on to those assets and thinking about a time when LeBron James is no longer playing for the Los Angeles Lakers? Because that's going to happen here sooner rather than later. And it's frustrating, I'm sure, for Lakers fans. But when you go for Anthony Davis, as you kind of alluded to, Mm. you, you take on risk. You know, he had injury concerns in new Orleans and obviously AD is a very talented guy, but sometimes the greatest ability is availability and, uh, the Lakers are learning that the hard way right now when it comes to Anthony Davis.
0: I just wonder if a human body's meant to be stretched out as much as it is in Anthony Davis's case. Um, sure, incredible no, talent. That's true. But I suppose the long and short of that is, it's uh, great news for the Memphis Grizzlies because that's uh, one less a contender in their way, and subsequently, great news for our boy Stephen
1: Adams. If you see him around, Joe, make sure you say good day from us at ECNZ. He is just a blast. He really is just so fun to watch and cover. He recently did an event with kids at the Memphis Zoo, and he he's just so wonderful in the community. He He's becoming kind of a folk hero, like a cult mm-hmm. status kind of legend in Memphis. I'm glad he signed that contract extension. He very uniquely fits what the Grizzlies are building in terms of culture. And he said recently, talking about Dylan Brooks, who's kind of a an interesting character in his own way, that they're all a little bit nutty, right? They're all a little bit crazy, <laughs> and Stephen Adams put himself in that. Uh, that category as well. But that's part of what makes Memphis not just the the franchise as, as the Grizzlies, but the city uh, it is, a, is a very unique city in terms of its place in American culture and and in the landscape of sports in the United States. So Stephen Adams gets that. And that's really cool to see. And he fits in very well. So we're happy to, to have him in Memphis with the Grizzlies. Well, have a great holiday period, uh, Joe. And thanks very much for coming on. We'll have to get you back on down the track
0: absolutely i'll be happy to do it thank you so much for having me again i appreciate it thanks very much out of memphis there joe malinax the host of the locked on uh, grizzlies podcast we'll get back to that zion williamson dunk um in just a second mitch because i'd love to get your thoughts on that but we're going to go to an air break so we'll be right back after this